Hey you guys, tickets have officially gone on sale for my next virtual conference. In May, we did Rise Live Courage, and now we're doing Rise Live Healthy and Happy. We're spending an entire day, nine plus hours of programming with some of the greatest speakers in the world, all talking about how to live your life in such a way that you have the energy to have the life of your dreams. What does it look like to learn to eat intuitively? What does it look like to move your body in celebration? What does it look like to approach health from a place of love and celebration instead of shame? We believe that healthy and happy is about how you feel, not about how you look. So I am joined by incredible people like Jay Shetty and Stacy Flowers, Kelly Levesque, Dave Hollis, Trent Shelton, motivating the crap out of you. Me, talking about inspiration. And if you've ever been to a Rise conference before, you better believe you're also going to hear from Beans and Chris. It's going to be a day of fun and energy and so empowering. If you feel like you have fallen off your plan inside of quarantine, if you feel like you need a kick in the pants to get you motivated again, this is the day for you, and tickets start at $40. You can go to thehollisco.com right there at the top of the page. You'll see a big banner. Click on it. Let's hang out. Let's get fired up together. So I think ask for and give feedback. It's just such an easy win. Find out what your boss even wants. Yeah. Are you living into totally unrealistic expectations that you've made for yourself? Yeah. Or are you missing the mark on something that you don't even know they want? In today's episode, I'm speaking with one of my best girlfriends. Katie Casada is the lead life group pastor at a church here in Los Angeles. And so we're going to talk about everything from how to do better in meetings, how to work within the faith space, and how to practice being a better public speaker. Check it out. Katie Casada, you are the first interview I've ever done live. I know. I'm honored. You're very special. Wow. Uh, there's a lot of microphones around us right now while we look at each other across a weird distance. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. Um, you're I wish also. You could touch, but I know, we can't. I know. Not right now, but maybe later. Yeah. Uh, also, one of my dearest friends. Mm-hmm. So this also feels funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's talk about business. Yes, let's, let's be professional. Yes. Uh, I start them all the same way, which is to ask for anybody who does not know you, mm-hmm. uh, will you tell us a little bit about your career, what you do now, and kind of how you found yourself here? Yes. Um, so I'm Katie Casada. Mm-hmm. I am the lead life groups pastor at Fellowship Monrovia, which is a church in Monrovia, California. Imagine that. The greater LA area. <laughs> um, surprise. And yeah, I've been in Christian ministry since I graduated college, mm-hmm. um, which sounds kind of weird. And I mean, people are like, are you a nun? Um, I'm not <laughs> yep. a nun. That's a different like a role. Yeah. yeah. I don't wear that ever yeah. to work. Yeah. Um, so it's a large organization. So it's a lot like working in a nonprofit, but our nonprofit's goal is that people are loved and known and love God and know mm-hmm. him. So mm-hmm. that's kind of our organization's mission and vision. So mm-hmm. it translates well to the nonprofit sector for kind of what I do and how our organization is run. Mm-hmm. Um, but I oversee a team of seven and we oversee a part of my job is that we oversee 180 life groups this season. Wow. And then I oversee our women's ministry, which is a yes. event every quarter, and then our internship program. Yes. So you don't do anything is what you're Not saying. Not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't have to deal with people at all, so that Zero. feels fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Great. Uh-huh. Awesome. I'm just at a computer alone all day, just yeah. the exact opposite. Did you know when you were in college that this is what you wanted to do? 
Um, how'd you fall into this? How'd yeah. you fall into the Lord? I just tripped in there. <laughs> he caught me. Um, footsteps in the sand. Um, it was like that. Uh, I In high school, my youth group was really influential mm-hmm. in my life. I didn't grow up in a Christian family, and mm-hmm. so it really was just an important part of my journey and story. And I had amazing adults who poured into me and cared about me. And I think I just grew up and kept thinking this was really important for me. This was very formative. Yeah. And so I went to college, ended up majored in majoring in Christian ministries mm-hmm. and religious studies. And I loved it. I like absorbed every second of it. I just like loved the church and what it does and what it's supposed to do in the world mm-hmm. and felt like I had a voice there. And then I started speaking regularly, which is a helpful part of my job that they kind of combined in yes. both those giftings. And then I graduated from college and applied very young to a job as a youth pastor that I was 100% sure I wasn't going to get. And so I applied for the job and told my then boyfriend at the time, I'm either going to be a waitress forever or do this because <laughs> um, I thought I could make good money selling food. And I got the job. And yeah. so I started as a youth pastor at 22, got married six months later and ran this really large youth group for seven years. That was a really great, amazing in the fire experience um, where you get your 10,000 hours in, you know, taking out trash and then meeting with a parent and then meeting with a student and then cleaning up food on the floor again. And you just kind of do that over and over again. The job where you have every job is one of those jobs. Yeah. Which was so good for me because I got a lot of life experience in a very short amount of time. I worry that um, a lot of women coming up sort of in the world today don't have that job enough. Um, That they're kind of hoping to step into a space where they're making, you know, $100,000 a year at 23 years old and they've never had to... you know, pick up the food off the floor, which Mm -hmm. is a thing that we all should know how to do. Yeah. And I think as a hiring manager, it like, I love it when someone's resume has like Subway. Right. So I'm like, if you took out the trash at Subway for two summers while you were in school, Mm -hmm. you're going to be okay to handle like standing on your feet for 12 hours working an event or whatever. Totally. And you can be respected in that job. And I think that's why people try to get out of them is like, I need to get to a job where people will respect me. Yeah. When like, no, do your job, do it well. And, and you'll you be respected for respect. it. It's just a matter of working really hard with where you're at. And, yeah. and I think I totally agree with you. There's a lot of people who miss that phase and yeah. then they don't know how to wake up in the morning, take yeah. out the trash yeah. and move on. Yeah. Or they do it for a day and then they're like, right. well, am I getting promoted? Right. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Which is a whole other conversation. So I did that for seven years yeah. and then um, accepted a position at Fellowship in Monrovia, which is an amazing church in Monrovia. Mm-hmm. And I've been there now for almost three years. Awesome. And this was a really, 16 was a really interesting year for you because it was the first year that you were navigating being a mom yeah. and having this role. Yeah. Talk about that. <laughs> that was hard yeah. than I expected. Yeah. Um, I like to work. Yeah. I've always been the kind of person who like, man, I see myself working long term. My husband and I both had full-time working moms mm. and love our moms and turned out fine. Yeah. So yeah. I think it was we're always good. the kind of thing that I was like, all right, I love working. I love doing this. I just kind of assumed it would be easier than it was. I don't know why. Mm. Um, I think I was like, yeah, one more hat. Give me another hat. (laughs) I got it. Yeah, mom hat, which I thought would weigh the same as the other hats. It's heavier than the other hats, Um, and it doesn't come off ever. You have to actually wear that hat all the time. No one takes off that hat ever. You stay a parent once they come out forever. So I had a really rough transition back. I came back from maternity leave too soon, and now I'm owning that, like seven seven months later. She's seven months. I'm like, oh, that's why those few months were the worst. Um, I, like, you know, was still nursing and trying to drive home at lunch to nurse my baby, and there was about three months where I was like, let me try to do all this. And then I was just 
Yeah. I also started a new role out of maternity leave. Yes. So, so many hard. layers. I had a new team out yeah. of maternity leave. So I was like, guys, I'm a great boss. I also I have promise. a baby. Yeah. I'll, I'll Trust me, I'll be minute. back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I got to go home real quick because my kid's crying yeah. and needs my boobs. Yeah. It was just like a, it was a very hard season that now we have such a better rhythm and yeah. things are more normal. And I should have spent a lot less time apologizing for being in that season yes. and just been in it. And yeah. said, well, I'm a new mom. Yep. That's what it looks like. This is what we do. Yep. So. In your career, do you feel like there is a a book that has really been Mm -hmm. helpful, influential, something that you were like, man, I read that and it changed my life, besides the Bible? Good one. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, Besides Party Girl by Rachel Hollis. Oh my gosh, that's my second (laughs) leadership development book. For sure. Yeah, I think on a personal side, these are just recent ones because I can't think of one that has been good for my whole career. Yeah. Also, as you know, because you're my friend, I'm not a great reader. Yes, that's um, true. But here's the books I have yes. read because I'm not the kind of person who like every night I just can't put the book yeah. down. I can't yeah. turn off the TV fast enough. So yeah. I think two right now for me are emotional intelligence. Mm. Just in general, I'm like obsessed with learning about emotional intelligence, reading about it. It's been such a good leadership book yep. to show people like, hey, this is where emotionally you have a blind spot yes. that's really coming up in your career. Yes. Um, and then connected to that is Present Over Perfect yeah, with Sean Equist. Just about me like being fully me and yeah. not needing to perform my way into a role but rightfully earn it. Mm. And the difference there and mm. like not having to make up for something that I'm not like making up for losses. I'm actually earning ground I've gotten. Yeah. Like just that feeling of like, oh, okay, I can just be present, fully me, and have that be something that people respect. Yeah. Um, and I don't need to be something else or do something else or wait until I'm at a better season to do that. So I think those two right now in a combination. You are one of the most talented speakers that I know in my life. You can stand on a stage, you can speak about anything, you can make people pee their pants laughing. Um, On purpose or not. Or not, either way. Um, For kind of the same thing, um, do you have any thoughts or advice or wisdom on for a lot of people, that's terrifying. I think for you and I, we're like, we'll just go stand there and yep. like dance around and be silly. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some people, that's terrifying. Was there a time where you weren't as comfortable on stage and how, to, how did you sort of get to a place where that felt more natural to you? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think you can't get good at something you don't do. Yeah. So I think if someone's like, oh, I wish I was good at that, but then never does it. As I'm saying this to you, it's like bumming me out because you always tell me that about writing. Yeah. And I don't, but I don't want to do that. <laughs> but I also don't like writing. I feel really insecure about my writing. Uh, but I also don't want to work on it at all. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah so yeah. to that girl out there, try. Yeah. <laughs> it's also me. Um, yeah, I feel like I had kind of what you referenced earlier. I had my 10,000 hours. Mm-hmm. I had a job where I had to get up in front of a room full of teenagers twice a week. Yep. For seven years. Yeah. I spoke to high school students. Yeah. And I was never bummed out by it. It was yeah. never like, oh man, I really wish I could speak to important people. Yeah. Those were my important people. Yeah. Like, decide the role you're in is valuable and respectable mm-hmm. and work hard at it. And yeah. So, I think it's a 10,000 hours thing. I just had to keep getting up and yeah. keep getting up and keep getting up. And if you don't have that opportunity, that's what's hard with speaking mm-hmm. is that not a lot of people have a captive room. Yeah. But you can do a Toastmasters. Yeah. You can do a class. You yeah. can sign up to teach Sunday school at your church. Yeah. Like there's a lot of rooms you can access mm-hmm. to stand up. And, and teaching Sunday school at your church is a great opportunity for learning. Kids are a tough audience. Yeah. That's a great yeah. way to get your 10,000 hours. Yeah. So I think just kind of figuring out how to do it over and over and over and over again. And then if you are young and listening to this, it's so cool to be able to learn young. Yes. Like I'm, I feel very thankful that I'm turning 30 and yeah. I've had the stages that I've yeah. had because I just did it a lot young. Yeah. Like just, 
And then by the time you are 30, you have so many more opportunities than a lot of your peers yeah. because you started working hard really young. Yeah. And you kind of can skip a few steps because of that. Yeah. I uh, was interviewing Jen uh, on the show last week or the week before, and one of the things that she said for me, and I had heard her say um, another time, is respect the small seasons. Mm -hmm. Respect those seasons. Like everyone's trying to rush to get to the next biggest yeah. place. There is so much meat and so much story and so much life in the small seasons. Don't totally. try and rush past them. Mm -hmm. So I love that wisdom. For people who are not working within this space, or maybe for people who are, um, what are some of the challenges to having your work be tied to your faith? Hmm. Is that a challenge, or does that feel like a blessing, or is it a little bit of both? Or yeah. that, there's just something that we had wondered about. Like, what does yeah. that feel like to be Connected there? Connected to that, yeah. yeah. No, that's a great point. I think there's absolutely pros and cons, and I think the extremes are pretty high. Like, mm -hmm. wow, it is really great that I get to work in a place where we pray in meetings. Yeah. Like, that is awesome. Yeah. It's amazing I get to work in a place where if I've had a rough weekend, I get to come into work and say, like, I'm not, I'm just not doing well. Yeah. And, and that's accepted and cared for. There's such a sense of care mm. of our soul and ourself. Mm -hmm. um, and in, on, in that sense, it's an extreme win. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest reasons I love what I get to do is mm -hmm. that I get to care about people not from nine to five. Like yeah. I get to care about people who I work with and who are on my team 24 seven all the time. Like, and not man, based on what they're producing, right, but just based me. on who they are. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's just, a, and I feel like that from my supervisors, yeah. I feel such a sense of like, Oh, you care about my whole life. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I feel like I can be a mom Yeah, and I can be a mom. Well, it's like, yeah. Oh man, my kid's sick. I'm not coming in. So the extremes are great in the sense that, wow, there's a lot of perks. It's very holistic. Mm -hmm. I get to be fully me all the time. We get to talk about the things of God. I get, yeah. a, I get to like really care about what I do. Yeah. That's something I get to go to sleep at night knowing that yeah. I really care about what I do. Yeah. Um, there's such a level of importance there. So I think that's the extreme. On the other end, it's extremely hard when you are asked to speak and you feel sad and tired. Yeah. Or you are supposed to meet with seven people today and yeah. you just feel like mentally foggy yeah. and, and bummed. Yeah. It's hard when man, you feel like, I, I don't really know what's happening with God right now, yeah. or I feel like my prayer life is funny, or I feel like my relationships aren't in order, or mm -hmm. I work with people that I'm friends with. Mm. And then that's great when it's great, and it's hard yeah. when it's hard. And yeah. so I think the extremes are there, um, and you, I think I just have had to settle with both. I'm yeah. going to be really grateful when it's really good, and I'm going to own when it's really hard and say like, oh, I'm I'm just feeling kind of out of place or I'm feeling like I am not at a great place spiritually to be able to do that. Yeah. And I need to own those things yeah. and say them out loud. And I think when I was younger, I used to constantly feel like I just had to be, I'm just going to be okay all the time. Mm -hmm. Everything's fine. And that actually isn't godly. Yeah. Like, and I think I equated those two things. Yeah. Like being fine. Yeah. And being godly. Yeah. And I think a lot of people in ministry have unfortunately done that for people. Yeah. Like, you know that you're really great with God because you're fine. Yeah. When like, God is a huge interrupter yeah. and a great maker of not fun. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think we just have to kind of own both those things and say, oh, I'm allowed to be messy and godly. Yes. And because I'm allowed to be both those things, I, a much more holistic version of myself can yeah. come to work. And I can be a better boss because of that yeah. by owning that and saying to my team, hey, I, I'm having a hard time. As opposed to the previous, the really bad preconceived notion I had was the higher up in ministry you got, the more fine you always were. Mm. And I think that that was just an unhealthy thing yeah. for me to think through. Yeah. And now that I'm in an organization where from the top, people aren't really okay sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can, yeah. God I'm is still to good. Be real. I'm still yeah. good. We still have my job. Yeah. We're all okay. Yeah. And right now this is all hard. Yeah. Yes. It almost sounds like a little bit too, um, 
it reminds me of like a therapist. Yeah. Like how do you take on a lot of that? Um, because you are counseling people, right. you are leading a team. How do you sort of take on the pain of the things that they need to talk through and not then take them home with you? Or right. is part of it that you do mm-hmm. take them home with you? Um, I think a great thing that it took me a long time to learn was there has to be the right people that you vent to. Mm. It isn't everyone and yep. it isn't all the time. Yeah. It's some people and sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone in my day isn't going to know if I'm having a hard day. Yeah. I'm going to meet with three people in the middle of the day who will never know I had a hard day. And yeah. it's just my job to pastorally counsel them. Yeah. And I won't say one thing about myself. Yeah. I'll smile and nod and ask them about them and God and their heart and mind. And, and that's fine. That's yeah. not inappropriate. That's great. I, yeah. My job is to be their pastoral counselor. Yeah. But if I'm meeting one-on-one with my supervisor, I'm going to tell him the truth about that yeah and if I'm meeting one-on-one with someone from my team who asks Mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell them the truth about that yeah so I think it's a lot about the right spaces places and people and when you're figuring that out it gets kind of messy like oh why am I crying when I'm counseling yeah (laughs) now I need to counsel you about me counseling you like this maybe wasn't the right spot um but I think it's just kind of having enough emotional intelligence and maturity to know what those spaces are and sometimes I have a hard hard day the whole day and it's only going to be my husband yeah and then sometimes I have a hard day the whole day and I text my friend. I'm like, we need to meet for happy hour Yeah. earlier. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's just a matter of figuring out kind of who the right people are and when. Hey, y'all. If you are looking for something to compliment the foods that you are already eating to bless your body, I want to make sure you know about Sakara's Clean Boutique. It's the perfect complement for your eating journey with organic, whole food-based healthy snacks, supplements, and heartwarming teas that round out your rituals beautifully. Complete your Saqqara life and ensure you're getting all the essential plant nutrition you need every day with The Foundation, the brand's curated vitamin packs. And if you want to check it out, right now Saqqara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to saqqara.com slash rise or enter code rise at checkout. That's Saqqara, S-A-K-A-R-A, dot com slash rise to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash rise. Hey guys, we'll be back in a hot minute with more of this interview, but now a quick word from a sponsor. Want to listen to an audiobook that'll make you feel better about your crappy job? Party Girl takes listeners on an adventure among Hollywood's most beautiful and most outrageous people, revealing the ugly side of Hollywood's prettiest parties. The entire Girl series is now available on Audible, and it's read and written by me. (laughs) Discover the world of Audible Originals today at audible.com. So we ask everyone this question because it is a it is a podcast for women who are in business. And this kind of maybe goes back to a little bit of being a woman in business. But is there a part of yourself or your personality that you feel like you have ever had to mute Hmm. in order to be successful? Hmm. And it could be in this job or a different job. I think that a lot of women struggle with this Mm -hmm. and um, struggle with feeling like themselves or finding their place and don't really understand why. And I believe it's because we are making ourselves smaller in some ways. And so asking everyone to kind of speak on a place that that might have affected you to encourage other women who find themselves there. Yeah. I think a lot of it for me and my own insecurity has always been connected to my age. 
Mm-hmm. So I think I have always felt like I have for my whole career been the youngest person in the room. Yeah. So I just kept getting into bigger rooms and I kept being the youngest. Yeah. And so I think I always felt like, ugh, I don't like, are they going to, are they thinking what would a 26 year old think yes. about this? And is that my voice? And do, is that what I need to speak from? And then how do I overcompensate for my age? How do I make sure everyone knows that like, oh, I'm not a, I'm not a millennial. I'm not a regular 26 uh, year old. I'm not I a regular am, mom. I'm a cool mom. I am a cool mom. Yep. And how do I kind of figure that out? So I've always had such an insecurity about my age and it's only been in the last really two years. And I think people, when they come to 30, usually just feel better about it in general. But I feel like, wow, I was allowed to be the age I was. Mm because you actually can't hide it. Yeah. And that's what's funny. I think for some reason I was like, oh, people aren't, people won't know. I, I remember very vividly when I started out, people would ask me how old I was and I would say mid twenties. That's what I say to them. I wouldn't give them a real number because the real number was 23. You know what I mean? Or 22. It's like, I've been able to drink for four months. You yep. know what I mean? And I'm taking yeah. your child somewhere yep. overnight. So I think there was just that feeling like if I lied or if I spoke differently or dressed differently or did something differently, people would think I was older. When yeah. really I just was in my job young know for sure know your blind spots yeah if there is something about you that reveals your age in a way that's inappropriate yes you're wearing a tube top if you're wearing a tube top yeah your bra straps are showing this amazing (laughs) woman at the church i used to work at told me once i was so offended for about a week and now i'm so thankful she said to me did you know that you always twirl your hair in meetings Oh, and I wow. was like, how dare she? Was at the time of my head, I was like, she doesn't, why is she staring at me? She's just jealous yeah, of my hair. Exactly, I just have such long hair. She's got yeah. a little tiny short hair. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. But I remember thinking, I cannot believe she just said that to me. And now I'm like, I look at a 21-year-old in a meeting I'm in who has not stopped twirling her hair. And I'm like, you look like you're 14. Yeah, like, stop. Put your hands yeah. down and figure out what your hands yes. are doing in meetings. Yeah. Like, I think that was something that took me a while to realize. That was such great feedback. Yes. I'm so thankful I got it. Yep. And there's some things I can do, like dress better yeah. and know when to speak up in meetings yeah. and know what rooms I should be in yeah. that aren't liabilities for my age, yep. but I still am the age I am. One of my favorite things um, about the idea of the age you are, the maturity level you are, and sitting at a table in a meeting that someone told me years ago was you're sitting around a table and then um, it's like a poker game. And the longer you've been at this table, the more poker chips you have. Mm-hmm. So each poker chip is a, is something you, yeah. you get to say. Yeah. Uh, so if you've been here for five years, you got five things that you get to say to add to this meeting. That's good. If you've been here for a minute, you have one chip. Mm-hmm. You have one chance to say something, mm-hmm. no more than that, so you better use that poker chip wisely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that people who are listening who are earlier in their career and trying to navigate, a lot of times I feel like, a younger generation is trying to um, show that they deserve to sit there by right. talking too much, absolutely, by sharing too much, mm-hmm. and um, you haven't earned your right to that. You mm-hmm. haven't earned enough poker chips to be the person who is trying to add wisdom mm-hmm. to our party. But thank you so much for for trying, Haley. I totally agree, and that's something that even thinking through my role and what I've been working through in talking to you was, man, how you show up in a meeting is one of the most important things you can learn in business in the nonprofit world or not. So good. And it's such a hard thing when you're young to know, like, okay, I was invited to this meeting. Should I say something? Yep. And then I'm going to say something just to say something. Or I've now told two stories, and people are now not making eye contact with me. Like, how do you know those moments (laughs) when, like, you got to shut it down? And you have someone who is willing to give you corrective feedback. Yep. Man, someone in an organization that I so respect, a younger woman came up to me, and she said, I'd love your feedback on how I show up in meetings. That's great. Brilliant of her. Yeah. Brilliant. I yes. was like, man, if I had had somebody at 26 yes. who I sat down and asked that to, yes. I would have saved three years of bad meetings. Yeah. 
And I was like, man, what a smart, I was like, yeah. you, you know what? You actually do make a lot of noises, like sounds just yeah. in general the yeah. whole time. Yeah. And then sometimes you, you, I said to her, you don't think you're clear. So you keep, you keep saying, did I just make sense? Yeah. And so I got, I gave her these little yeah. nuggets of feedback yeah. so that she could be more professional the next time. That's so great. I'm like, wow, what a smart thing for her to do was to go out, ask for it. She said, I like how you show up in meetings. I'd like to show up better in meetings. That's great. Out, as women, who can we go knock on the door of and say, hey, just give me some yeah. feedback on that meeting. Yeah. How, how did that feel to you and what was I doing? Yeah. I do think that there's some, it, it is an art that's lost or something that you've never gained because you've never sat in one before, right. which is especially hard. Um, I know your culture is more relaxed. Our culture is definitely relaxed. Mm -hmm. And we have people either in our internship program or who, um, for one reason or another, maybe they're freelancers and they're younger. Yeah. So they don't have experience. And it is disruptive. Mm -hmm. It is... Um, it's going to give a negative opinion to the team of who you are. So I just feel like until you know better, show up five minutes early. Absolutely. Have a notepad. Put your phone away. Mm -hmm. Be quiet yeah. and listen. With the exception of if we're talking about a technology mm -hmm. that you are the only person who understands because you're 12. Absolutely. That is an excellent moment to speak up and impress everybody Absolutely. and show what your value is here. Mm -hmm. But beyond that. Please be quiet. No, I could not agree more. And then when you are given the opportunity for the first time to lead a meeting. Yes. Or you don't know if you're leading a meeting or not. Yeah. Find out. Yeah. Find out if you scheduled that meeting, you're leading a yeah. meeting. <laughs> like, yeah. So I By think it's way. just a huge learning curve. I think it is totally a lost art form that yeah. gives you such currency in a business world mm -hmm. um, that people really can work a lot on. But you are such an incredible mentor to young women. What's some advice that you could offer about someone who's just coming out of college or maybe even just coming back into the workforce after having been gone mm -hmm. for, you know, children or whatever? What are some things that you think, um, just like tried and true, this is the stuff you got to do? Mm -hmm. Like you want to get ahead, you want to succeed, you want to grow. Um, you've already shared some really great nuggets. I think just being self-aware is mm -hmm. an awesome one. And if you're not self-aware, asking mm -hmm. other people around you is really brilliant. Yeah, I think we became, I don't know when, very scared of feedback. I think we feel like feedback is always negative. Yeah. And I've seen a lot with my generation and younger especially. We only want to exchange encouragement. Yeah. So like, let's just keep giving each other high fives and then pretend like that didn't happen. Yeah. Whatever was not good. Yeah. Um, but I think in general, across the board, feedback is scary. Yeah. There is not a normal time in your life outside of work where someone sits you down and says like, hey, you could do a better job at this. Yeah. You know? We don't do that. Yeah. We're like just more self-critical. Yeah. So I think ask for and give feedback. It's just such an easy win. Find out what your boss even wants. Yeah. Are you living into totally unrealistic expectations that you've made for yourself? Yeah. Or are you missing the mark on something that you don't even know they want? Yes. Um, I end most of my one-on-ones with my direct supervisor. How can I be better at my job? Mm -hmm. And that, st that statement has led to so much more feedback yeah. than I could have ever imagined. Yeah. Like, I want them to mine through the last time they thought I could be better at my job yeah. and find out what that was. And I want to hear it Yeah. because I want to continue to get better at it. So yeah. I feel like just the general desire for feedback is kind of lost. That's so good. So we ask uh, everybody the same five questions at the end. This okay. is just stuff that I love to hear from other people. What time do you get up in the morning? I have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I get up anywhere between the hours of six and seven. Yes. When Gracie wakes up. Yep. Gracie is my alarm clock. Yep. She's a cute one. She is a really cute baby. Mm -hmm. What is your coffee order? Go-to coffee order. Venti, iced coffee, unsweetened, splash of soy. Every time, every day, rain or shine. I don't know why that made me laugh. I feel like I should know that as your friend. Oh, it's okay. I feel like I should know all my people's coffee orders, and I don't. Yeah, I don't really either. Yeah. Do you know your? No. That would be a nice What's thing yours? to do. It changes all the time. Okay. But like in a pinch, just an Americano. Okay, Americano. Just Iced, hot. Either. Depends on okay. the weather. Okay. Yep. 
but yeah, just straight. What is the one item you can't travel without? Whenever we're going through something hard, it always affects us in more than one way. In the season that I've been in in my life, going through a difficult time has affected my sleep. I feel like I'm getting insomnia again that I haven't had in several years. And being able to talk that through with my therapist and kind of unpack why that anxiety is showing up at night or why my thoughts are racing or why I can't seem to shut my head off has been super helpful for me. And if you have considered seeing a therapist or talking to a counselor, it has never been easier to meet with someone virtually. If you are not familiar with BetterHelp, then I want to make sure that you hear about it from me. BetterHelp has counselors who specialize in everything you can imagine. Depression, stress, anxiety, anger, family conflicts, self-esteem. Anything that you share is confidential, and the service is convenient and affordable. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener of my podcast, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com rise. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash rise. Going on a trip. I wanted is... to just say neck pillow, but I don't even use a neck pillow. You just want to make yeah. up a travel necessity. I, mean, I, I thought in my head, I wish I had a better pillow yeah. for the yeah. plane. Yeah. I don't have one, and I don't like neck pillows. Yeah. Um, a go-to travel It doesn't even have to be like something crazy, just like what is the thing you're like, I have to have headphones because yes. I want to listen to music or podcasts or like the whole time. Beats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just um, always have I'm going to go with snacks just for Great. general morale in travel. You would be surprised how many people give that as their answer. Aww. So it's you are not alone. Great. Favorite physical activity workout-wise, and how often do you do it? Dancing, whenever I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, uh, walking. Yeah. With the baby? By yourself? With the baby. Yeah. Rolling around. Whenever I can. Yeah. Yep. I used to run half marathons you with sure this did. girl named Rachel Hollis. Yep. I used to train. She's like a really good running trainer. <laughs> I used to run with her. Uh, but my post-baby bod is still nice and soft. You're looking good. You're yeah. looking good, girl. This podcast is called Deus. A Deus is a platform on which a king or a queen would stand. Mm-hmm. So I ask everyone that I interview, is there a thing that you see women doing today in business, in your um, specific area, that you just think, oh, you guys are missing it. Mm. Like if I could just shake your shoulders and mm-hmm. tell you one thing, what is the one thing you would tell women? Like, oh, we gotta get, mm-hmm. we gotta get here. I think I see women let their insecurities dictate their profession. Mm. Like, oh, I, I'm not good at this, so I shouldn't do that. And then I just swept out an entire field. Wow. Whereas like, you might be really good at 70% of something yeah. and you can still do that. Yeah. Um, your insecurities do not dictate wherever you decide to go. Or if it's a tiny percentage of a job, people don't apply for it. Yes. Because they think, oh man, I, I, some of the job is that I would have to speak. Some yeah. of the job is that I'd have to write. 
some of the jobs that I'd have to teach a kid, you know, yeah. whatever it is. If you're a te- if you don't want to be a teacher, if you're not <laughs> a teacher. Um, but I think in general, there's something in us that lets our insecurities dictate the job we think we would be good at, as opposed to utilizing our strengths. Yes. Which I think is so that strengths finders principle is so brilliant. Like if you spent just as much time maximizing your strengths mm-hmm. as you did minimizing your insecurities, yes, you would be incredible. Yes. Like if you actually worked on what you're good at, as opposed to just constantly trying to overcompensate for what you're not good at. Yeah. Um, you could be so much more talented. So I just feel like, man, don't let whatever you think you're not good at decide what you do. Yeah, that's there's so, good. so many good. Oh, I love it because not one woman has said the same thing, and that cool. just feels so powerful. I want to listen to everyone. I know. One last thought that I feel like is so um, thinking of knowing and loving you as a friend. One of the things that you do better than anybody I know, I feel like, is celebrate. So just say celebrate, <laughs> like just celebrate every day. But you are so. I think great at celebrating achievements Hmm. and we as people tend to rush I personally tend to rush on to the next thing and in being friends with you Mm -hmm. um, there have been so many times where you're like what yeah something that I'm so taking for granted that you're like oh my gosh we've got to get together and celebrate this or another friend does something you're so great about that we should pause and have wine and mm-hmm. sit together and you are the greatest katie is the greatest toaster <laughs> ever in the history of time she is you are all jealous that you're not her friend because you're not like encouraged by her toast several times a year i just think that that's such an incredible thing that we do miss in society that i missed until i became yeah. friends with you um why do you feel like it's so important to acknowledge yeah no those that's moments? Such, such a great thing that you just made me think about is that man i cannot believe how much when you celebrate each other you are not in competition yes and i think that that's something that with women is like so lost like if your friend gets a great job and you're looking for one you get to still celebrate yeah. her yeah. her gain is never your loss yes ever yes oh, across the board 100 yep and if she even gets a job you were applying for it's still not your loss yeah. you get another job yeah. there is so much more room at the table and yeah. I just keep I feel like that over and over again man we have to figure out how to celebrate so well the stay-at-home mom whose kid got to preschool yeah we need to celebrate the woman who's like you know what I just bit the bullet and got a house cleaner let's yep. toast to yep. that like man we need to celebrate the woman who's like I decided not to go back to work yeah there needs to be more not to go back to work parties yeah. like I yes. think in general we've decided that you celebrate like babies jobs retirement yeah. I mean, what wedding is for like yeah there's four things that yeah. we throw parties for and yes. some women never have any of those four yes. ever and it's like oh my gosh what, we need to have a new job registry yeah. i'm just making things up right yeah. now yeah i feel like gosh so much more is worth celebrating yeah and there is really stuff as women we should be celebrating every single week like hey ladies i finally led a good meeting yes it's like yes yeah. and then we all toast to that and yeah. it's like you know i think there's just there's so much more that should be celebrated i do feel so passionately about that because i think when we don't take each other's wins, yeah. we don't know how to take our own. Yes. You know, like when we don't stand beside somebody and say, you did a great job at that and your loss is not my game. Yeah. I don't even know how to take my own losses. Yeah. And then all we're all ever thinking about is like, I mean, our wins, take our wins. I think often what we're all only ever thinking about is the ways we can improve. Yeah. And if we're not celebrating each other, especially in friend roles, man, just take all your friends out and tell yeah. them why they're all great. Yes. There's, there's so much space for that. Yes. We all have time. Yep. We all have time for that. Oh, man. So good. I'm I getting think, too um, passionate. I'm getting heated. No, that's what we Who should you toast today? Everybody, everybody, everybody gets fired up at the end, which I love. Um, I think that there's something so powerful 
about the idea, I'm probably going to end up saying this in every single podcast, but a candle loses nothing by lighting another candle. Absolutely. And I think um, if it's something that you struggle with, because by the way, I don't think this is necessarily a natural behavior for a lot of us to have because we are competitive. Yeah. Or because we do get jealous or because our feelings get hurt because we wanted that thing and it's not coming to us and gosh, I've been praying for whatever it is forever and it's not coming to me. Yeah. Um, I read... um, some article about a year ago that has been so helpful for me. She said she made herself, whenever she found herself getting even a tiny bit jealous or kind of thinking, like even a stranger, like mm-hmm. why does that person on Instagram have 50,000 followers and I only have five? Yeah. Whatever it was, she immediately made herself stop and pray for that person's success. Mm, yeah. And it was so powerful in like, I have a weird, I'll be totally honest, I have a weird, I have always dreamed of being a New York Times bestselling author. Yes. Always. It's a super hard thing to get. I've dreamed of it since I was a little girl. We're not far, but keep and, going. <laughs> um, and every book comes out and it doesn't get there yeah. and a little part of my heart is like, ugh. Yeah. And then you see friends. Yeah who are publishing books and they're mm-hmm. making it. And it's like, it's hard not to be. So I pray so hard for yeah. every, I really do. Mm-hmm. Every uh, author that I know personally, I'm like, oh Lord, let her make the list. Yes. Let her make the yes. list. Because I want to just root for her mm-hmm. success. And then it it takes away that like, because it is like an ugliness. It's not a yeah. it's not a great space to be in to be jealous of someone mm-hmm. else's anything. So for anybody who might be trying to find a way to get to a place yeah. where you're celebratory, start with that. Totally. And I think that's connected totally to how often we feel the most jealous or insecure or nervous when we're never getting any good feedback yeah. from anyone ever. Yeah. Like we go all day and no one tells us we're doing a good job yeah. of anything. Yeah. And we're actually all operate when we feel like that, it's because we're operating out of a need for encouragement. Yeah. And so how do you also hand out encouragement like candy? Yes. Like how do you also say to every single one that you're yes. with, man, I really appreciate this about you. Yep. And not just our outfits, man. We are so good at like great yeah. shirt, great shirt, great yeah. shirt, great shirt, great shirt. And that's all you hear from your coworker yeah. every day. Great shirt, another great shirt. When what you need to say to your coworker is you are great at sending emails and yeah. I really appreciate how yeah. you talk to people. Yes. Like we need like real time feedback yes. on something that's tangible yes. and has to do with our character. Yeah. And I think once we start exchanging that, you're freer too. Yeah. Like once you start handing out encouragement, you'll be amazed yep. at how fast it comes back to you. Yes, absolutely. Oh, so good. I feel like um, if I, you know, I wish I could give every woman that follows me online the gift of sitting around your table in the backyard mm. in our group of friends having wine come on over yeah everyone. come on over um and i'm i'm so excited that i get to interview you today because i feel like maybe there's just like a little minute of that that they get to soak up some of your wisdom mm. and Thanks, be encouraged Rach. by you so thank you so much for of driving course. over Woo-hoo. and doing being our first in-person podcast interview Hey guys, if you like this episode, I hope you will consider subscribing to the Deus podcast on iTunes, sharing it with your friends and showing some love on social media for a newbie show like mine. Those reviews are everything. Thanks to our producer, Allison Cohen, our sound engineer, Jack Noble, and our sound editor, Andrew Weller. To stay in touch with all things Deus, you can check out thechicsite.com or follow me on social media. I am Ms. Rachel Hollis on every single platform. Most importantly, I hope you heard something today that inspires you. I'll see you next week. So this week, I announced my next book. It's called Didn't See That Coming. It's all about how you put your life back together after your world falls apart. I actually wrote this inside of quarantine. 
because I wanted something that y'all could read as you transition out of the crisis of a pandemic. And then inside of writing it, my world fell apart. And this is a story of how you keep on going. This is a story of the tactics and the tools that I have used time and time again when I have gone through grief or loss or trauma. The book comes out on September 29th and you can find it today. You can pre-order wherever books are sold. And yes, I'm narrating the audio as always. But if you pre-order, meaning if you buy it any time before September 29th, if you go to didn'tseethatcomingnewbook.com, you can get my one-hour course on how to rebuild. How do you rebuild your life? Free one-hour course plus a workbook that you can print out and utilize to start the process. It's something that I thought I could give you to be helpful as you transition to whatever comes next. Didn't See That Coming is my new book, and I hope that you will check it out.